0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Overdue Rentals, the podcast where we talk about films that maybe just don't get enough attention anymore. They could have been really big when they first came out. They could have been smaller movies when they came out. They could have been things you heard about, things you didn't hear about. All the all the different versions I can go through it doesn't make a difference because whatever happened to talking about them every day is not happening anymore. I'm Matthew Shuckman.
1: I'm Cinema Blend's Mike Reyes, and I have to congratulate you. That may have been a record. For the the twists and turns that you have taken and on our intro. Well, I usually I usually like to keep things very brief
0: <laughs> because, you know, people people want to hear about what we got to talk about, not necessarily um the twists and turns of of how I forget to say certain things or to say certain things. But more importantly, let's not forget though that we do have a guest with us. Well, we have guests with us every week, but we have a guest <laughs> who's already here with us, who you may have heard before, but when you come listen to our our run Lola Run episode. But thank you for coming back, Mr. Alk Kubas Meyer.
2: Hello, I mean, thank you very much.
0: I believe he's our first repeat repeat guest too.
2: Oh, oh, I am absolutely honored. <laughs>
0: I that, would normally say, exciting. I would normally say, depending on when this runs, but unfortunately, due to our timing issues, <laughs> it's one hundred percent the case because this will be up day after
1: you, after day after we record it. Oh,
2: congratulations! Geez. <laughs> so I better to... do a good job.
1: Oh, no pressure at all. You know, we didn't put out the fine china for our, our guest here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... we put out the fine Hong Kong lmao
1: oh i guess is that
0: is that is that a hint everybody is that a hint because yes today we are talking about what I, you know it's funny and i don't mean to like now like again go on longer tangents when i like to get be thing, keep things brief but I'm, before i mention what movie this is even though you probably know by reading the description before you listen to this episode
1: so that takes all the dramatic weight out of it anyway. it's kung fu hustle directed by stephen chow ah! Oh, you <laughs> <ruined it>. oh. <laughs> the title ruined it. But anyway, that yeah. means more story time because I want to hear this story.
0: Well, oh, well, I mean, look, we're gonna get into talking about Kung Fu Hustle this entire thing. If you haven't seen it yet, uh, there may be more, uh, obvious spoilers here. Um and at you the know, time of this
1: recording, it is available on Hulu. Yep, please.
0: Everybody, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a caveat with that. Only, in a on dub. Hulu, only with English dub. Do oh, not ew. watch this movie dubbed. <sighs> June, you know, this, is, this is one of the perfect examples, and there's a lot of examples out there, but Kung Fu Hustle may be one of the biggest examples of how a complete movie gets ruined by an English dub because they change jokes, they change dialogue, and it's the same story, but it, I watched it with an English dub after I saw it just to see what it was like, and it's, it's a completely different movie. It's, it's ruined.
1: Well, is there another set of subtitles then too? Because from what I was seeing on the Hulu version, the subtitles and the, the dub were pretty in sync with the dialogue.
0: It's different. It's different. It's completely different. When you watch it in Mandarin and you look at the subtitles, it's completely different than what the English dialogue is. I'd
1: rather watch that because maybe that explains why there's uh, a couple jokes that don't really age well in this. Uh, well, there's there's, there's jokes still jokes that don't, don't, don't age well. well but... Oh, okay. Then that's that, the F slurs all around then. Sorry, folks. That, oh, that's, that's not in the,
2: oh, it was, I guess. Yeah. They say, well, it, they, say they, say they say fairy. They say fairy.
1: Yeah. Okay. But, it's still not great. It's <laughs> still not great. Yeah, not great, Bob. No, absolutely not. <laughs>
2: but you know, all,
0: all right, wait, all right. You know, so let's let's, let's 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 do the quick before I get into my whole other rant. Then let's get into the quick, really important jumping off points because I would like to know what everybody's experience was being introduced to Kung Fu Hustle, and I'll st- I'm I will do the TikTok version of I'll start because, because to me. I had seen Shaolin Soccer, actually, and it was probably the first even Chow film I had seen. I had not seen a lot of his previous work at that time, when when the time was around. And this is right before, this is right when Shaolin Soccer, I guess, came out. So late 90s, um, mid to late 90s. Uh, And I I got back to look at a bunch of stuff after. However, Kung Fu Hustle is another reason to me why I hate trailers and all this other stuff. Because I remember seeing the trailer for Kung Fu Hustle. And again, to the American market. So it was in English and all this other stuff. But I remember seeing that trailer and going, who would want to watch this thing? Who in their right mind would want to watch it? And then I saw the film and I'm like, what was I, what's wrong with me? <laughs> and it's one of, every, t- every time somebody asks me what my top 10 films are like that, I always have my top two, which everybody knows is the Sing Detective and Network. Again, the original BBC miniseries Sing Detective for those who don't know for some reason. And after that, it's usually like it depends on what day you talk to me. You know, Children of Men usually gets in there, but Kung Fu Hustle is the one I always kind of forget. Is like it's probably in there. I love this movie that much that it's probably my top ten of all time on on most days. Bang. Sorry. So yeah. So I uh, my my father rented the movie. Uh, he was twelve and he, said, and and he, showed he it to me it, me. And He said, you got to watch this thing. <laughs> and his description, which I still to this day agree with, is it's as if. Scorsese, Tarantino, and Woody Allen had a baby in the Looney Tunes universe. It's not a bad description. That's pretty fair. And it's just, okay, so that's my rant. I'm done.
1: (laughs) Alec, do you want to go next? Because I believe this was your choice of film, correct? It
0: it was, yeah.
2: So um, honestly, I don't remember the first time I saw it, but it was, you know, probably... 10 years ago you know mm. early early 2010s um when i was trying to you know a lot of the 2010s for me was was trying to just see more international films um in general and especially uh asian films like one of the first festivals the first festival i ever covered as a critic was the new york asian film festival uh, in 2011 i uh, and that really just like opened my eyes. I'd seen like a few, you know, Korean, Japanese movies, whatever. And I was just like, wait a second. I, I, I need to I need to dive so much harder into all of this stuff. And so, you know, you look up, you know, what are the big comedies? What are the big action movies? Whatever. And I know that I saw Kung Fu Hustle in there, you know, somewhere. I, I Every once in a while, I get it confused in my head with Kung Pao Enter the Fist, right? They came out
0: Um, around the same time, I think, actually.
2: And so I had seen, I saw that one like in the the aughts, uh, but Kung Fu Hustle obviously is a much better uh, movie. But part of the reason I wanted to talk about it is I've just been on like a massive Hong Kong action movie kick. Like I I was showing Matt before the record, I recently got the Hong Kong filmography, 1977 to 1997, a reference guide to 1,100 films produced by British Hong Kong studios. And
1: Don't you just miss picking up books like that and just pouring through them and like crossing them off lists like I used to do that as a kid.
2: Yeah. And it's like, it's so interesting to go through this and be like, you know, see a movie, whether it's relatively obscure or or super well known and be like, oh, you know, what did this guy think like what, how were people, you know, talking about it, uh, then I, I have actually, I have seen one movie that is not in this book. Uh, and I I was very proud of myself because I saw something so obscure. It was not one of the 1100 films, which is a, a movie called Blood Ritual. It's not great. I don't really recommend it, but I've seen it <laughs> and it's super obscure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's, but that's sort of where, you know, I've been watching a lot of Michelle Yeoh films, a lot of Jackie Chan movies, you know, Sammo Hung. Uh, and so. You know, when Matt was like, what do, you, what do you want to talk about? I was like, let's talk about some some Hong Kong action comedy.
1: I mean, that's, I, 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 my first experience with Kung Fu Hustle was an inverse of Matt's. I watched the trailer and I thought the trailer looked really cool. Oh. I still remember using, it, I still remember using Ballroom Blitz and like being blown away by all the action, mapping up with it and everything. It's like, yes, okay, this looks awesome. First time I saw it, I was not a fan of this movie. I think I may just I may not have been at the right point in being a cinephile to to actually appreciate it because I think I was just starting to sort of branch out into oh there's foreign films there's more stuff out there and I was you know we would go to the video store every weekend and I would just grab whatever I could and then not too long after that was a phase where like grab everything from the library that you could and just wonderful wonderful doors were opening And I don't know if I was in the right – I don't know if my palate was developed enough yet. Because when I went back and was – I got to watch most of this on the Hulu, you know, dub aside. (laughs) I was actually really enjoying watching – rediscovering this movie. And it's like, what was wrong with me?
0: Well, I mean, I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with you. Again, because everybody has different tastes too. But what I think is interesting about Kung Fu Hustle, because it's something I've always felt about it, And I felt about it again as I'm rewatching it for as much as I love it. And as much as depend, let's, you know, we'll get into like things like, you know, the, the CGI, how it's the way they aged, even though it was kind of more, not revolutionary, but it was, it was much more impressive back when it came out or again, some of the, the character portrayals and all that other stuff. But as much as I do love it and it's, it is a weird strange movie in the sense that it, it almost like, even though, um, you know, it's funny. I forgot to, even though I know his character's name, I forgot to kind of totally look up his character's name right now. Thing, thing. So even though technically, you know, he's he's the boxer, and it, it ultimately, is about a car, his character being able to kind of grow and learn who he is in a very broad term. He's it's almost like sometimes he's not the main character, and the movie's not about him. And the movie's very, in a lot of ways, it depends on what scene you're in is who the movie's about. And I can see where that's. Not sort of distasteful, but I can see where that would turn some people off. It
2: definitely is more of an ensemble piece. Yeah. Um, you know, S- Stephen Chow is not; he is far from the most interesting part of this movie, <laughs> yeah. which I think is often true with his movies. You know, he's whatever he he may or may not be the protagonist, but his character is, you know, not necessarily the most interesting. And I mean this this is a movie with a lot of a lot of characters. Right. And and so I think um,
0: a lot of characters played by Hong Kong action legends. Right.
2: Yeah. And and I think to Mike to your point that, like, you know, as you see this movie later in life, after you've seen more and more movies, you're like, oh, man, there there are so many references, you know, to the point of like to the point of. Eye rolling a little bit, like you know, when that when that shining elevator opens, it's yeah, like, oh, yeah, it's like really, like like that's where like like that's where we are. I right, whatever, um, but you know, a lot of you know, a lot of them are they're at least fun. Uh, and I I watched a video earlier on uh, YouTube, accented cinema has a video called "The References of Kung Fu Hustle," where he talks about like the deep cuts, you know, because obviously we all know the matrix spider-man uh you know the shining but like it's like oh you know the buddha palm comes from this like tv series and this novel from back in the day and like how that developed and like why this character is named this and it's a really great video and i highly recommend it just because you you get a whole lot of context that you know unless you grew up with that like you're never gonna you're never gonna know all all of the ways it, it represents like hong kong's cinema history
0: yeah, and it's it's also super interesting because I think a lot of people – because, again, for as important as Stephen Chow is to China for most of his career, um, until Shaolin soccer, he didn't get in a lot of play outside of China as much as he did. And then Kung Fu Hustle also was the kind of one that brought him kind of to a bigger world stage, and the fact of the matter is, is that people want to think that he is this action Kung Fu director, and this is his first real dealings with it. He's never done it before – it, you know, he's not an, he's not an action star in that sense. So it also kind of like is able to, in that sense, pull all of these things that he's been able to witness, but not play with and now play with them.
1: Well, the a quick note with Shaolin soccer, cause I wanted to look it up cause I knew it was a Miramax film. So I'm thinking, okay, what did they cut? Because they loved to cut and re- They
2: wrecked that movie. And
1: re like, re-edit movie like i i think the grandmaster was another one that they did that too yeah correct me if i'm wrong but yeah i was sure enough i looked it up and it's like the us dvd released by miramax deleted 23 minutes of footage from the original cut and all i can think is that time Hayao miyazaki sent the weinsteins a blade when they wanted to cut princess mononoke (laughs) yeah it's my favorite stories of all time that's
2: good shell shell and soccer is like one of the more infamous like miramax like destructions like they really they really did that move they did that movie so dirty um i actually saw it you know i had seen clips and whatever i saw like the full thing for the first time earlier this year i was like it's a fun movie you know like uh (laughs) if assuming you can see the original version like i you know obviously recommended i would not recommend the miramax cut um because you should never watch the miramax cut of really anything (laughs)
1: Yeah, I mean that that may have been <laughs> why he moved over to this was a Sony Pictures, I think a Sony Classics release, which you know they didn't have that. I mean they didn't have that reputation. The most that they did was the dub. Right, and you know that's fair. Yeah, Do- yeah. <laughs> check
2: checking the Blu-ray, yeah. convenient. Um, I think we should talk about that CG though. Uh, yeah, because okay. that's
1: it. Well, it, it you're, yes it's just you in general
0: go. because there are things there are things still even though they're kind of obvious there are still things that are in the movie that you wouldn't expect to be cg that are and so you don't recognize them as much as some of the other stuff that is a little strange <laughs> sure No, so i so,
1: think that strangeness is it lends a it, it fits in the universe even though it is mostly because it's dated i still think it fits
2: yeah, so I mean, there's like two different types of CG, right? Like, there's the this is impossible. So, like when she's doing like her road, the the landlady is, is doing her roadrunner run or whatever. Like that's, you know, that's a good use of CG. It's like obviously it looks fake, but it's Looney Tunes, right? Like you're just having a good time. But
0: it looks you know. fake, but it also looks like a pure animation in itself. So that yeah. that's why it does work. It, it's like it's so yeah. perfectly put together that you can't fault
1: it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like no, i are not moving that much in the air. It's like, ooh. Like, yeah, it looks like ridiculous. Like asks kiosk CGI. Yeah, 100%.
2: But where, where I, you know, as I've been watching a lot of Hong Kong action movies recently. And one of the best things about watching a Hong Kong action movie is seeing how they like nearly kill their stunt people. Like in every single movie, there's some stunt that's like, oh, they died um i saw tiger cage recently for the first time the um and there's this one stunt where a guy gets thrown like off of a pier and he like bounces off the top of this like metal um it's like a like a boat tent or something i don't know it's rounded it's like the top he bounces off of that and then he falls like 30 more feet into the water and it was like it was one of the most like dangerous things i've ever seen in a movie but it's also like you you know that happened you know that guy like you know i'm i'm sure he survived but like he did not walk off that cleanly and and it's impossible to not just respect what they did for sure. people's oh, yeah. enjoyment you know and you watch kung fu hustle and it's like so many of the stunts are clearly cgi and when it's like so when when the landlord falls from the window and he's bouncing off the the um yeah the The, the, the the, awnings
0: when one breaks yeah absolutely and it
2: you know he's bouncing off the awnings and it's like Jackie Chan did that in Project A like for real you know and and the stunt people you know did that and so you know and 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 look you know it's not like I want stunt people to get killed obviously you know I, I understand that when you can not hurt people you should probably hurt people or probably shouldn't hurt people but at the same time
1: (laughs) all admissible evidence
2: yeah right you know Mm -hmm. at at, at the same time it definitely impacts you know relative to other you know Hong Kong action movies like it really it feels so much less like the action is just so much weaker because you can tell they're not real it's like oh that punch they immediately turn into a digi double like there's There's not a lot of wire work. There's some, you know, but there's a a lot of it's just like, eh, whatever. It's digital now.
1: And this was even an era where even in the mainstream, like worldwide film market, again, Jackie Chan was doing these insane stunts for like Shanghai Noon or Shanghai Nights or, or the Rush Hour movies to the point where, especially with those Rush Hour movies, you watch those bloopers at the end where it's like, you see how many takes he goes through these different stunts and the things that could go wrong. And at this point, people were starting to, people were starting to get more accustomed to actual practical stunts sort of resurging. And at the same time, CGI was at that sort of, sort of fence sitting post where it's like, it's getting better and certain, a- certain aspects were starting to date themselves. And even in like major films, like you go a couple of years into the future, there's the Transformers movies.
0: Yeah, but the thing, and here's my thing again. I'm more of the the the, the view of I found parts of it distasteful in the start of the CGI just because of how clearly fake it looked. In in terms of where I and I understand what you're saying. Again, we're talking about the landlord falling. Um, that yeah, but if he did that with a real stuntman looking real, it's not going to play the comedic style which the movie wants to pursue which is that kind of Looney tune kind of version of, I don't, of things.
2: I mean, I don't think that's true because it's played as a joke, like in project a, um, you know, I think it's, there are ways to do it where it's not funny for sure. Uh, but, you know, it's all about, you know, how it's framed, how the music is like everything else. And obviously the fact that he is fine on the other end of it, right. You have, you know, of course. you don't end and you're like, Oh no, is he dead? Cause you go to that next shot and he's, he's not right like you know the the character is is not really harmed um and so yeah i mean i i don't think that's quite accurate but i also you know i do i do get get
1: well
0: what my my i think where my bigger problem comes in and i i, I feel weird calling them problems because again this is something i enjoy is is that he does also have so many breathtakingly cinematic shots in this movie mm-hmm. that when you see like even if it's something as simple as uh, when you first see Donut come out and he's got the – well, I'll call it a Bo-Step. It's not a Bo-Step. It's one of, his, one of his rollers. And it goes in the slow-mo version of him hitting that guy down in his face. The way he looks is so perfect. It's like freeze-frame that, print it, send it to the Smithsonian, whatever it were, whatever <laughs> the mu- mu- movie uh, museum of moving images. And it's just so gorgeous that you're like, oh, I just wish everything could look like that.
2: Sure. Yeah, I definitely – yeah, I definitely agree with that. And you know, and there are there are plenty of scenes where it's like the CGs, you know, when the musicians are playing and and it's like shooting yeah. like the blades and everything. It's like, you know, it's the stuff that's like this couldn't be real where you're really just like, yeah, we're yeah, we're in looney tunes, we're in a cartoon live action cartoon. That's totally fine. It's the stuff that feels like if but- it had been made 10 years before, it would have been done for real where it's like mm.
0: But even that section, that's a more serious section. It's not – I mean there's a slight – if you want to – I wouldn't even call it comedic when you first see the shadow of the cat getting cut in half kind of thing. That's but right. that's, that's all played in a much more stylistic version of than anything mm-hmm. else compared to comedy, whereas, again, it's not in every scene like I love – when you finally get the 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 reveal of landlord coming down to be his to be his master self and he's basically like he's mr rubber and the two of them are punching at him and he's just flipping around it's it's obviously them just like going really slow and then just like doing it for real but then later on he's floating and it still looks good but it's still so cgi Mm -hmm. but i don't care it's just so good it's so
1: good i'm sorry that's fair you know you you can like things (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you don't have to be a contrarian shrill. You know it's okay.
0: But but in, re- in reference to the comedy too, is I think that it's another movie that, in a lot of places where things would fail or not feel right, moving from the dramatic to the comedic, he does it so well. Like and again, for instance, when the uh, the three first masters, so when Donut Taylor and and Cooley are like doing their little spar. And then they're all on top of like the one end of the staircase and Taylor falls. It's so perfectly timed that you could you can look at it and be enjoy the beauty of the shot and the idea of like these three people who didn't know they were here getting to spar with each other and then laugh at him falling in a perfect in a perfectly timed uh, pratfall. I agree.
1: No, absolutely. I mean, it's, and that's not an e- that is not an easy tone to na- nail no matter who you are on top of the fact that you are throwing in a lot of this Kung Fu action, which already all of these different influences are, they shouldn't go together. Or if they do go together, it's usually in a case like this, it is a sign of a master who knows how to use these things as one. And that's another sort of how does this movie exist moment in the sheer fact that you can have these wonderful kung fu fights where like you're seeing this stuff happen. But then you do have the sort of sillier things that are are very much stretching reality thrown in there, too. I mean, this movie opens with a mob hit. This movie opens with a mob hit and then transitions into the axe gang dancing around with their axes and well choreographed movement and everything and just then it's it, like really confidential for a little bit in the in the pictures of the crime scenes <laughs> yeah and if this movie doesn't get you by that point there's a really good chance that it's just not going to get you and that's before the really crazy roadrunner stuff gets breasted out
0: i'll oh, go ahead go ahead alec no you say your thing. well i want i i it's it's weird because it's, it's again it's gonna be somewhere we jump around a lot but like i want to talk about more things that are just like Again, so perfectly well put together that in the hands of other people would have failed. And like a good, for instance, is when you do learn about landlord and uh, and and um, was it land? That it wasn't landlady. Was it landlady?
2: I mean, just yeah, sure. They're, that's, the what, that's what they called landlady.
0: her, right? That's what that's what they named her, right? Yeah. When you learn uh, of their true selves and the the axe get the axe gang head and his encounter in the car, and it's just like so perfectly cut together <laughs> when you see first you see the landlord sitting next to the the driver just looking over and there and then the the gang boss's face is just like a pure like a gasp and then she appears and then what i love is one of those things that you i think it's on the dvd uh extra special features because again she is out of all of them she's probably the biggest legend for the most part in, in hong kong action and the idea is that she doesn't really she never really did a lot of comedy before and so that whole thing with her like balling up her fists and rolling it she didn't even get it she didn't understand what she was doing and the movements of why it would mean anything and you had to go through this whole like step by step it's like just do this just just go and like wall it up and then look at him real fear you know like in this face she didn't get it she had to like be like walk through it step by step and that whole scene is just perfect
2: i think on like from a comedic like perfect timing perfect editing standpoint i think that is my favorite yes. reveal in the movie when it's just like Oh uh, him him in between the two of them is you know and, and their faces <coughs> like that that moment is it's incredible. Like no no question. There there are a lot of really fantastic moments in the film. Uh it, it you know, I yeah, I, I like it a whole heck of a lot. Um, <laughs> you know, because how how couldn't you? You know, I know I know um that I, I don't know. It I don't want to talk about everything everywhere all at once too much. Uh no, well, it, it is the uh, best movie. Yeah. Um I and, I and
0: I and I did I did make a comment about that I thought that in other world it would have been a Stephen Chow film.
2: Yeah. Um and but like you know, I don't want to be friends with someone who doesn't like everything everywhere all at once, right? Like that's a character <laughs> flaw. Uh no, as far as you wait. don't like everything everywhere all at once.
1: No, no I'm saying I'm agreeing with you. Oh, oh no yeah, no no okay. no Mike no no yeah we're we we all do. Oh, no no. No, love yeah. that movie 110%. Yeah. And I wept watching that film.
0: Yeah. When you, you know.
1: wept watching? I have I've
0: wept every time I I've watched it like already like 13 times. I could cry like a baby every time. Yeah, it's it, it's uh...
2: incredible, right? And so and Kung Fu Hustle to a lesser extent, but it's like if you can't enjoy this movie, you know, like whatever. There there are definitely things to dislike. There Kung are definitely Hustle things walked that
1: walked so everything everywhere at once could fly.
2: Right. Exactly. And it's like if you if you are not cannot get on this movie's level, it's like we we have nothing to talk about. Like you should just walk in front of a train. can
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, but it's it's a movie that should have, and I understand, you know, you don't want to go piece by piece and say, well, it has this and I like this, but it has this and I don't like this. But it does have I mean, the music in Kung Fu Hustle is breathtaking some of the shots like we talked about are breathtaking even though even though like we were talking about how disjointed the story is in a a certain way even it all still is technically one full story that does come together and and like even to the point where like other guy like i love the way certain people look but like the fucking way they style that landlord man his his goddamn outfits were just like thank you (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no the the
2: costuming is fantastic. The production design, like the sets, look awesome. Like the the whole slum area, Pigsty Alley. Yeah, Pigsty. What a great name. Uh, you know the the whole the whole thing just like looks awesome. Uh, and really? and there's so much personality in it. It feels so natural. I mean, also you know as far as comedy goes, also when ah uh, the first time Sing is like. You know, who uh, who wants to fight me? And he's like pointing at people yeah. uh, and it's like, oh, wait, this dude is actually like nine feet tall. It's like, nope, not you. It was like, no oh, cheating. you know. Yeah. It's like, oh, you old man. And he's like super jacked. And it's like, no, the boy also super jacked like that-
1: Zucker Brothers madness. Well, that yeah. also
0: that also comes down to, again. Chow's ability as a comedian because the way he reacts, the timing of it, the way it comes off also plays it so well, it makes it even better, even if you didn't get to see the other people.
2: Sure. One thing I think is really interesting about this, and really, uh, I, I watched uh, Chow's first du- uh, directorial ever, which is uh, From Beijing with Love the other night. Um, and what's really weird is that American parody movies are not bloody. <laughs> Like, <laughs> like there, there's just like that. That's just oh, not a thing. Funny, uh, you know they, Yeah, right. Sure, but like, they, they, they have they're really like four kids, uh, in a lot of ways. And like, you know, Steven Chow's movies, they they became more sort of family friendly as the years went on. But like,
0: especially CJ Seven,
2: you know, e- even so, there's still like, from Beijing with love is bloody as fuck. Like it's so, it it has more blood in like wh- any given scene than all of the Bond movies combined. It's so weird to watch that. Sure. And Kung Fu yeah. Hustle has that, you know, a little bit where like, it's like, oh, this is fun. Uh, you know, take take aside obviously the elevator of blood. Um, But like just, you know, people get hit and they'll fucking bleed. And you're like, oh shit. Like this is, you know, they're, you know even in Looney Tunes world, you know the violence can have consequences, and that's it's one of those things that you know as as an American who is used to that it's just like that's not something you generally see um it's and it's it it can be jarring especially at first uh you know the l a confidential shots of just like
0: you know uh who
2: broken that. bodies, yeah yeah exactly yeah. you're just like
0: what <laughs> or 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 when 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 the X leader gets hit on the head and it just starts to bleed down everything. It was like talent Mr. Ripley
1: yeah like the, the american parody movies tend to push things more in the scatological direction or even just risque sexual humor it was never like violence that they re- at least in in the, in the lesser ones sure well even 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 at a certain point with the zuckers like they never really pushed anything with blood but they would you know they would very much push things in this sort of risque humor sort of section, especially the Naked Gun movies, which yeah. not a knock on that. But it's just that was uh, clearly, culturally, that was sort of where their heads were. And then I totally forgot Kung Fu Hustle was rated R. I thought it was PG-13 for some reason. And then I go and watch it, and it's like, oh, fuck. It's like, <laughs> oh, well. Oh, it says, oh, right in the corner, rated R. Okay. I, I clearly forgot this. It's been a while. I never even knew. And then the guy, and then uh, I think it was the landlord falling, and then like the flower pot falls right onto him, and then he starts bleeding. Right, which is such a great touch because it's like, ah, wait, where is the blood? And then the, the flower pot is like, oh, there it is. Okay.
2: Yeah, there's and I, you know, there's there's no sex whatsoever right like it's it's so innuendo right and it's it's kind of like the american thing but on steroids where like in america violence is acceptable and and sexuality is not like that's even further in hong kong and so it's so like even more violence is acceptable but sex is even less acceptable and it just like really goes in that direction how here's a question has nothing to do with this um my my thing question. is that I think more movies should have blood because violence should look like it has consequences. Like, you know, what what do you think about that? Like PG-13 movies, like, should they be bloodier? You know, whatever.
1: I mean, I don't mind violence in films, but I do agree that consequences should be more enforced in certain cases, because it, then it doesn't, people say that it glamorizes the violence. It's like, no, it doesn't. It shows that there's stakes here. It shows that you shouldn't be doing this. Like what person doesn't know if you're bleeding, there's usually something wrong.
0: I, I you know what, I, 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 it's, a weird, it's hard for me to answer in a sense because I just don't care in general. Like I will watch a movie, I guess, and say like, well, why do we have to have this? Or why do we have to have this? Or why didn't I have this? Why didn't I have this? Based on whatever that movie was trying to do, the only times those kind of things come into play with my me in my mind is I'll use I'll use the for instance of like The Dark Knight, where I think, as far as its violence and action goes, for the most part, it, it it plays it on its own level and it looks fine. But like there's a scene where the Joker kills uh, Michael Jai White, and it's just like completely off screen, and people are shocked. It's just like you you see him do this, and you hear a noise, and it's like okay, so did he snap his neck? Did he slit his throat? I don't know. You should have showed me something. It's a little awkward and a little jarring the way that it was done in the movie. That's where it kind of makes me think like, and that's not per, per talking about how it would affect people or like people would think of it a certain way if they saw enough violence or didn't Fair. see enough violence. It, that's just the way it, it it just pops in my head.
2: Fair enough. <laughs> you know, I, I think a lot about you know, cinematic violence, because I watched a lot of really violent movies.
1: Um, well, so. it just gets to a certain point where you you're at the we're all at the age where like we don't look at the ratings anymore. Yeah. like you really don't notice it unless there is a point made where it's like, oh, this feels missing, or this feels like it shouldn't be here, or even if there's just like news coverage about it. For the most part, when you get to a certain age, unless you have a family that you have to worry about showing movies to, you just stop caring right like netflix is gonna have its first nc-17 rated film next month with blonde and i'm just gonna put the it, click it and watch it and i'll probably notice uh, i i bet i bet it's probably not even going to be so severe that it needed an nc-17 it's just that certain subject matter is probably going to be so pearl clutching for the mpa that it's like Okay, this needs to be an NC-17. Well,
0: look, I, I, there's got to be something to a certain point, I would say, because that's the thing. And like, I, I almost I don't care about when things are rated on Netflix because I originally, to me, Netflix, even though it was streaming and you could have parental locks, once they started doing their own productions in a certain way or having their own distribute distributed movies, I was like shocked with the things they were allowing on it because I remember talking. I was I remember talking to Gareth Edwards. Was it Gareth Edwards? No, Gareth. We just no. wanted. Sorry. Which film? For, for, for Apostle. The guy who did the raid. Oh, Evans. Gareth Edwards did sorry, I remember talking to Gareth Evans about Apostle and just being like, I can't believe they let you do this on Netflix. We that screw to the skull.
1: Show. We need a Apostle on this show. It's a good movie. Such a good movie.
0: Yeah, I went. They, they flew me out to Fantastic Fest to talk to him for it. And I was like, all right, this is going to be fun. Did he
2: swear like every third word? I, I interviewed him for Safe Haven on VHS2, like him, <laughs> him and Tio Janto, And like literally like every single sentence, they're like, fuck, fuck, fuck.
0: He hardly said one curse the entire time, if I remember correctly. I have to go back. It's been a while since I watched the interview. All I remember is him being very happy, very nice, and just like super congenial. <laughs> Interesting.
2: Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe he got some more like media prep when he's like doing, he's back to making, you know, movies in, yeah. you know, in, in I, I could be, again, I
0: could be wrong. I could be wrong. And he could have cursed the entire time. I forgot. This is because this is now like, what year are we in? <laughs> this is now four, almost five years ago. Yeah. Uh, that this happened. And so my memory of it is, I do remember very vividly, you know, like a lot of the first things I talked to him about was all about, and I don't, I, we'll get, we'll stop after this, but I don't want to get up too off track. But I remember t- like, the idea is that, like, because the Raid movies became so big, I wanted to talk about him just kind of going with a more locked off style with the Dolly Crane shots and all this stuff, wondering if he was doing it on purpose to prove to other people that he could do more than just having a handheld camera kind of thing. Uh, I remember that's how we started off.
1: You should probably do the Raid on here, too. God, the Raid is so good.
0: Raid, the Raid, the raid, the raid is, is, is something else. I mean, that's, it kicked off a whole a whole new way of, of, you know, the action films. I mean, you don't have John Wick with it. You don't have the raid, but
1: no, you don't
0: let's not get yeah. too far off the, the rails because I should say though, Just we do we, those
1: John Wick movies. No <laughs> one watches those.
0: We, well, we did allude to it earlier. So let's, let's go back to talking about some of the more questionable uh, characters, less jokes in the film. Um, you know, because I will say, while of course, you know, I'm not, I don't, I would never make fun of somebody you know, because the character of Taylor is is, is kind of meant to to, to to be played out as if he's, you know, somebody who's made fun of for being homosexual and he's very yeah. effeminate in a lot of the ways he does things.
1: Like the and gag about the red underwear. It's like why the red underwear. Like you're but at night. His run, man, it's
0: just it's his run's funny. I can't right. not, I can't not laugh at the way and especially the second time you see it, when she when she tells I can't remember what she says to him. But she says, you know, when you do this, it's like, oh, and just like him running back and forth. It was, it's funny.
1: I guess. I feel like it's so I it, it like in the direction of camp that it's just like... I'm not excited. making fun of somebody's character. I'm just, the way he that. pulled
0: it off is what I'm laughing at. I think he did a brilliant job.
1: Oh, no, I, I understand what you're saying. I'm just saying that I disagree to a certain extent because it just feels like they're really... Playing it up it's like okay, we get what you're trying to say with this character. Yeah, but no. that's not a fault on him. Yeah. Right?
2: No, I totally agree. What I do, yeah. what I do appreciate within it though is like even if they, you know, yeah, they call him a fairy, they they you know make fun of him,
1: whatever. at one point. Uh,
2: I, I mean, not in the subtitles. Yeah,
1: the no, fairy the is uh, the only
0: thing they ever say.
1: In okay, man. then that is a difference between the dub and the sub because in the the dub that I watched and the subtitles. They um, go full left slur. No, oh, yeah. met, so they, they don't. They don't, they don't, they don't do it, that. Yeah. Uh, That's but, what I thought.
2: Got it. So yeah, no, they they don't they didn't do that at least. Sorry, my cat. Is, uh, <laughs>
1: um, a beautiful uh, calico cat just walked she's on. So screen.
2: she's so cute. Uh, but uh, Firefly. Um, oh she's, she's
1: baby. Okay, back to the movie. Sorry.
2: Um, but like I appreciate that even though you know he is, um. You know sort of coded that way whatever he's also still a total badass right like
1: so oh, true it's you not, know yeah. and
2: and that doesn't that doesn't justify it obviously but like it could be the, a lot worse the, it, it really could be so much worse because i'm sure that like an american equivalent from the 2000s would just make him yes. comically he's he's actually uh you know the crank the uh the his his like a the Jason Statham film like I don't mm-hmm. remember yeah. the car- like the character like his effeminate friend it's just like you know he he's also like super flamboyant and like he he kind of sucks like he he messes up a bunch of times and then he gets fucking murdered in like cold blood and it's like huh so there's there's nothing there but that yeah. they just wanted to make fun of like a- of an yeah. effeminate guy that's but- not Right,
1: clearly cannon fodder, and yes, to 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 what you both have been saying, this movie doesn't make it his total personality.
0: But it's it's more than just not making his personality. I should say also too, because again, for as much as there may be chiding at him from the others, and it's not just him. You know, there's the whole idea of like having rabbit tooth Jane, and you know, like it's 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 a world where they live in where, you know, they probably don't treat each other uh, as far as humanely as the rest of the world, but. Even though they make those things out of them, they do respect each other. There, it is. It is a, 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 not a family, but it is a, a a town. Technically, we'll call it a town oh, a, yeah. of people that don't don't put down who they are for what they do. They just put down what they are because that's a characteristic they can just point at. And that doesn't make it great. Doesn't make it good. But it's also it's different from what you would see in other in other films or other worldly output it's just really childish which i think also gets back to like it's
2: weird in the context of like an adult of of a movie for adults like the it's just like it feels like like middle school like it's like this is how middle schoolers talk to each other this isn't how adults talk or at least i you know i don't know maybe adults who i don't talk to talk like that but like
0: maybe adults in china talk i mean i don't know i don't actually know you know but
1: that also sort of touches on something that i didn't realize to to celebrate this film for and i only mentioned it because uh, i recently reviewed 3000 years of longing and what i really liked about that movie was despite its flaws it is a movie targeted at adults but it doesn't forget that adults can have big huge spectacle as well Mm-hmm. like the the urge is always oh you're an adult it's very more it's, it's, it's indie movies and like sober international dramas mm-hmm. from this point and then george miller just looks at that and is like no fuck that no you're getting a lot of color you're gonna get a you're gonna get a ma- more mature withheld story but you're still gonna get a ton of stuff to look at and a ton of pizzazz, pizzazz. and that's just that's another thing that kung fu hustle has to spare but it at has pizzazz time, oh yes pizzazz chutzpah the whole nine yards everything 23 skidoo but also it remembers to not cheap out and to actually it does still play to adults it just reminds adults of all that cool kid stuff like the looney tunes that we loved so much that fits in like whimsy works with adults you just need to do it right and a lot of people don't do it right
0: Ultimately, at the end of the day there are parts of this movie that I can look at and and you know feel emotional about but also get all of that fun stuff at the same time.
1: Yeah, and again, sticking in the landing with so many of these these signposts, there's so many of these different corners that it touches. Why aren't more people talking about Kung Fu Hustle? They should make a podcast for this sort of thing. <laughs> Overdue Rentals might be the name. I don't know. Go find us on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter.
0: Before we move on any further, I realize we never actually gave a synopsis of the movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is the 127 hours of podcasts.
0: So let's quickly just run a synopsis. That I can cut in earlier, and then we'll go finish off. Okay.
1: No, leave it. You don't leave it here. Let the kids learn. No. Well, yeah, but how are they going to know if they don't? They're like, oh, they're just talking about a movie. They didn't even explain what it's about. <laughs> They're, you know what? They're they're enthralled by our voiceovers and our talent, and Alec kubis Meyer being our guest this week.
0: Well, if you did make so it this enthralling. far, <laughs> if you uh, did make it this far, Kung Fu Hustle is a film about a man named Sing down on his luck, kind of wants to join a gang if he can because the gangs where it's all at, uh, and he tries to do that by convincing a outskirt down on their luck, poor community that he's part of this gang and uh, by in doing so accidentally brings the gang to them, which then uncovers the fact that most, well, not most, but a, a fair amount of people who were living in this community happen to be Kung Fu masters hiding away and uh, let the hilarity, action, drama, tears, laughter ensue.
1: The way we did, you just described it and the way the movie plays it almost sounds like a reverse seven samurai magnificent seven sort of trope where it's like, The person coming to town is the one that's totally useless, and everyone (laughs) in town can defend themselves. I'm wrong. Again, uh, another credit that you can put onto this film's list of credits that it's got, right? Between perfectly dodgy CGI and Looney (laughs) Tunes-style humor. And a very horny landlord that always gets a lipstick on on his cheek. It's another another one of
0: those problematic things, but
1: I see I don't feel that's as problematic because it doesn't go as far.
0: Well, especially like, since him and the landlady, the idea of the of their characters being the you know the fated lovers or you know. Yeah. Um, I mean the lechery that he
2: displays right at the beginning, like is like, oh Jane, tame. let me, you know, let me yeah. whatever. Like that's that doesn't that's not great. Um, it's but, not
1: great, but at the same time it's it's a character choice, not okay. so much as uh, if it went a little further, then it would be a little more like, oh, well, it was a different time. We made movies differently back in 2004.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Right. In yeah. China.
2: But but no, but I mean, he is, you know, he is literally thrown out a window for doing it. So like.
0: Uh, yeah, there's consequences.
2: You know, there there are there
0: are consequences. And it does lead, though, to the, one of the better, one of the great jokes early on where he's trying to hide by covering more dirt over his head. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was brilliant.
1: You know, it's all. You know, it's also brilliant. This movie was apparently made for twenty million dollars and made a hundred and four point nine nice. million. Which honestly, uh, you make that movie now, it's probably going to Netflix, and it's oh, probably not 100%. going to that much.
0: It all. It also led to his almost final move to doing a Hollywood film, which didn't pan out. I don't know if you guys are aware about this or not, but he originally was hired to direct. And play Kato in Seth Rogen's Green Hornet film. Really? And they did about two weeks on the film, and they just they couldn't like there was just too many butting heads and it didn't work out. So he left the project and went on and made CJ Seven. But originally, he was Kato, and he was directing the movie. Interesting.
1: Green Hornet is definitely going on this
0: podcast. I actually liked the Green. I It's not a I great like, movie, who but who I actually enjoyed enjoy it. Me. I actually laughed at it.
1: So much fun with the Green Hornet. However. <laughs> something that we that is is really interesting because i i could have sworn that there was like a directed dvd sequel to this movie but there wasn't thankfully however as early as 2005 and as late as 2019 yeah even chow has talked about a kung fu
0: well, there was recent there was recent more news about it that that they 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 had some more leeway on it or maybe i forget
2: there was like a poster or something this year like in the last couple months like, oh wow so i mean it also could have been a joke whatever but i definitely i think it was after i said hey we should do kung fu hustle and before this so it was like it was a pretty recent thing i was like oh shit how how timely maybe from what i do understand <laughs> I don't know when about... we're recording.
0: <laughs> from what i do understand about it though is that he's always said that if and when he does it it's not going to be the same characters or continuation of the story. It's just going to be Kung Fu Hustle 2, a similar type of movie with a completely different story and different characters.
1: Yeah. Like it's supposed to be modern times, spiritual successor. I'm reading off of the Wikipedia right now. And that's as, as late as 2019, he was saying that, but it would be very interesting to see what he would do in a more modern context with the same sort of energy and spirit, because I would, re- I would love to see what the CGI would look like this time just because it's exactly. become, the, the technique has become so democratized to this point that you can do your own CGI if you really wanted to. I mean, Monsters is a firm example of that, but I would like to see how exaggerated and where the line is between Looney Tunes gags and, okay, this is what the budget allows.
2: Yeah, that'll that'll be interesting. I mean, I saw Chow's uh, twenty sixteen movie, I think, called uh, uh, The Mermaid. Is Mermaid, that, it was, yeah, which is basically yeah. the Little Mermaid, right? Which yeah. is that, and and that's another movie that, like, you know, that one is definitely more targeted towards kids and gets really fucking dark at one point. Like, I I was like super unprepared for like, there's this sequence where a character has there's like a character who's like an octopus and a bunch of people are eating his tentacles. Uh, but like, he has to pretend like he's not an octopus. So like, they're like literally chopping him up and he has to pretend like it's okay. And I was watching it and I was like, what the fuck is this? Isn't this for children? Um, but like the CGI <laughs> in that movie <laughs> is horrendous.
0: Yeah. So. Well, I mean, look, yeah. CGI in, 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 in journey to, to the, to the West wasn't uh, that great either. I mean, it's, it's, so. it's good. It's not bad, but it's not Hard like... to know,
2: right. Um, sorry. It's, it's, my point is it's hard to know I mean films outside of America just in general tend to have more CGI because they put less money towards it um, you know obviously I, but uh, you know it's not going to be a Marvel movie but that's fine
1: yeah um, well, know, Marvel movies have their problems with CGI That's and especially there now yeah yeah <laughs> like I remember watching the first episode of She-Hulk and I was talking about this with another friend and I'm like this is what they're keeping their family keeping them from their families for
2: well yeah, I haven't I haven't seen any of the any of the Marvel shows. I don't have Disney Plus, so um, but I did see the trailer. She it, didn't,
1: she didn't Should have filed that. it with your taxes. I,
2: I guess I I guess I probably could justify, you know, uh, that as a write-off. I could I
1: could probably write off a lot of things. Uh, but I'm saying uh, when you file your taxes like part of your refund is you get a subscription to Disney Plus.
2: Oh, that would that would be that feels like you know. That's within ten so years, crazy. within ten years, we'll absolutely be somewhere like Disney will own some part of the government, and they'll just be like, "Here you go. Here's your, you know, free
0: Disney Plus." You have to stand online. Uh, you get it with a little slice of bread, and that's it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's when you're. It's when we're getting our food rations. They give us our little. Here's your two hours of Disney Plus for this week.
2: Your your little bread with the Mickey Mouse ears, so you never forget who owns
0: you. Well, with that, everybody <laughs> should now go. Across cross kung fu hustle of your overdue rentals list.
1: Happy ending,
0: Alec. Anything you want everybody out there to know? The things people should look out for from you. Uh,
2: so I, I have a YouTube channel. It's called The Week I Review. Um, I review stuff. I don't know. I'm. Um, I've been doing sixty uh, second reviews of movies recently, just as a way to, you know, get more things out and and talk about things I wouldn't. I couldn't dedicate ten to twenty minutes to, but you know, just want to say things about, um, you know, I literally right after this, I'm gonna record my thoughts on emergency declaration, the uh, Korean film, and then bodies, 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 both of which I liked a lot. Um, you know, so I'm doing that. I'm also, you know, I have some reviews in the works. I, at some point, my everything, everywhere, all at once review will come. It is going to be an epic production. So uh, I have to. I, just, I, have I still to need to know out. where
0: I fit into. It. I have to be part of it.
2: Yeah, I, I, I'm. Sh- I can use you for sure. So okay, we'll, good. we'll, we'll talk about that later. But it's gonna be, it's gonna be something for sure.
0: And Mike, where can people find us? Oh God, no. I missed this last week. I missed this last week.
1: <laughs> well, when my co-host isn't too busy cozying up with our guests and doing video appearances, <laughs> and when we're not too busy just trying to find a way to work the movie in somehow, but it just doesn't work this week. Uh, apologies, but, you know. Anyhow. When, if you want to find us on the internet, because you can pretty much find anything on the internet, Facts. you can find us on social media, on TikTok and Instagram at Overdue Rental Show, on Twitter at Rentals Overdue, and on Facebook at Overdue Rentals. And yeah, I definitely missed doing this spiel while I was while we were away. Like, just... It is It is like coming home to this show. It's always the hump where it's like, oh, but I've been resting. But then once you get back into the show, it's like, okay, good. Let's, let's do another episode. Let's do another five episodes. Fuck it. I don't care. And if you feel the same way, and if you want to give us five movies to do in a row, or just any other recommendation, love letters, uh, suggestions of humor that may not have aged well in other <laughs> films, maybe. You could email us any of that stuff at overdo at gmail.com but while you're at it you're listening to the show right now but you know what you could be doing is listening to even more of this show because believe it or not this is not the first episode in fact we have uh 50 something episodes before this that can be found wherever you ethically source your podcasts apple podcasts anchor spotify audible eh- Someone may be broadcasting us on a ham radio. I don't know. I keep suggesting it because maybe we just reach the rust belt better that way. I don't know, <laughs> but wherever you find podcasts, we're there. We're like the Tom Joda podcast. It's only not as depressing, but while don't you
0: are... the railroad track,
1: sorry, <laughs> don't be, I would have been really sad if you didn't jump in with something. Uh, while you are finding our show, which, again, wonderful show, several episodes, wonderful guests, like the beautiful Alex Kublas-Meyer and his cat, Firefly, you can rate, review, and subscribe. And while you're at it, since we mentioned it before, I'm going to mention it again because I just love this movie so damn much. We have an episode with Alec about Run, Lola, Run. and Such a great movie. Such a fantastic film. We would talk about it, but we've already done that. And you can find that episode and if you happen to like it, again, rate review subscribe we want to keep the rental counter open blockbuster said it's going to be reviving its brand and we swear it's because we started the whole well we want to bring back the video the movie store concept and this is war and we need you all to (laughs) help
2: you guys signing up for the new movie pass
1: probably not uh i don't i I don't know (laughs) but we can talk about uh, that
0: next time because right now we got to do a little bit of a If you enjoy listening to Overdue Rentals, make sure to support us by going to anchor.fm slash overdue rentals slash support to donate and keep us going to make better episodes for the future.